0: For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, welcome back to uh, Resilience Unraveled. Um, and today, uh, someone from Singapore, which is great for me because for the first time in a long time, I'm able to have a I'm meeting early in the morning and then late at night or mid-afternoon. So I'm talking today to Anis Haddad, who's an executive coach and an author, and uh, it's a joy to welcome you. Hello, Anis.
1: Hello, Russell. Good to meet you. And you. Uh, yeah, looking forward to our talk today.
0: Yeah. So, um, well, you better tell us a little bit about about what it is that you do and who you are and you know all that usual introductionary type sort of thing with Mijigi. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I'm, as you mentioned in the opening, I'm in Singapore, Um, not really from Singapore. I've been here 16 years. Um, Before that, I was in France for 20 years, Italy a couple of years before that, originally from the US, but I've lived the vast majority of my life overseas. Uh, Originally a programmer, long, long time ago, uh, became a tech entrepreneur, built a payment software company in France, grew it to 30 countries, Sold it in two thousand seven, and discovered that what I that I liked people more than computers. So that sent me on a brand new career doing uh, uh, executive coaching, leadership facilitation. Um, it was a transition I made at fifty, and I'm sixty three now. So um, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of my background.
0: Very good, and I suppose you're occupied today coaching and writing. Is that the, is that the sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I do around. Uh, uh, so writing is is on the side. I do around uh, two thirds of my work is group work, so facilitation, leadership workshops, yes. and then a third or just over a third is one on one coaching. Um, and then the writing over the last few years that was taking up a lot of a lot of my time. And then my book came out, my novel came out um, in August of last year. Um, I wanna, I had written two payment software books 20 years ago when I was running my company, yeah. and I wanted to do something really different this time. I didn't want to do a five-point thing on here's how you do leadership and all that, yeah. and, and so I, 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 I chose to do it as a, as a novel, which took me five years to write and three writing coaches to learn how to, how to do that.
0: Yes, it's an interesting way, it's an interesting method to take because there's a lot of I suppose you're freed up from reality and you can just make your points. You can illustrate things quite interestingly. I, I've actually played with this concept myself with a, a book, but it's it's actually quite difficult to make it a genuine novel and not just have it as a make believe sort of fantasy tale. So, how did you use those writing coaches to help you? What what was the? Yeah, was so I was.
1: I, as I look, so, so the novel is about transformation. It's kind of the fictionalized account of my, when I was 50 years old, making that big transition, going from tech CEO to, to, to executive coach. So it's a fictionalized version of it. There are anecdotes in there that are real, but the vast majority of it is fiction. The, the huge transformation for me going through that process is kind of a, the same transformation we go through as becoming a coach where we learn not to teach. And after you've got some few decades of experience running companies and stuff, you're, it's a very natural thing to just kind of give advice and tell people what to do. They're asking, they're asking, what do I do in this situation? And it's easy to answer. So the, the process of making it fiction is how do I tell the story without telling people what to do or giving advice and speaking basically speaking down it's it's allowing people to tap into their own wisdom as they're listening to the story speaking so yeah speak yeah and so i would have the i would have a coach listening reading it and saying okay you're teaching again and i can hear that voice now in my head you're teaching you're teaching so it was um, it was a powerful process to really become a better coach as well by, by learning yeah. not to
0: so, teach. So it's quite, the, the book's interesting because it encapsulates some of your views on leadership. And I think you know on, on your site you talk about, uh, which is anise.com, which we'll come to later, but you talk about this concept of lyrical leadership. And then in the book you have a five-step path. Is, is the five-step path about lyrical leadership or is the, are these different ideas you're exploring?
1: There are different ideas. Lyrical leadership is something I've been playing around with recently as I consider what might be another book um, in this area. Lyrical leadership is simply um, uh, poetry applied to leadership. Um, So there are are two or three areas in the book that do have some... uh, uh, it's free format poetry, it's not rhyming or anything like that. Um, but it, it allows, it's it's a it's a medium that allowed me to experiment capturing certain emotions that are involved in in certain transitions of leadership yeah. um, that that come out stronger without telling people, hey, here's what you're gonna experience, this is what you need to do. So it, that's all lyrical leadership is. It's, it's okay. a different way of capturing those emotions.
0: It's a very interesting art form, poetry, isn't it? It's such a... I mean, it's people talk about it being the tortured art, don't they? But it's um, it, it's one of those sort of areas where what you read has very little bearing to the effort that's often put into it because the process of poetry is about converting is complex idea into some, something simple.
1: Which exactly. I guess is one
0: of the bases of executive coaching, isn't it? And actually being a CEO.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm. <clears throat> so for me, it's just another method, it's just another medium to experiment it that right now I'm just playing with that. Yeah. Um the book is is fiction, is it's long form fiction as opposed to a short story. Um I was somewhat um I'm sorry. Yep. No, I was gonna say it's a fascinating
0: title. It's called The Eagle That Drank. Hummingbird nectar. So I'm just quite intrigued how you came up with that title.
1: That was uh, there are um, two bookend dreams that the protagonist, one of them at the beginning of the book, and the other one near the end of the book. That that's where the title is from. It's uh, his own discovery. Um, his own discovery of how to balance out kind of uh, the hunter energy that we have, building companies and stuff and going out and getting sales and and revenue and everything. How to balance that with uh, something a lot more um, flexible, adaptable, resilient. That's the hummingbird energy without losing one or the other. It's kind of a fusing. Right. And
0: And you talk about a set of five paths and principles. It struck me as being pretty... I mean, I remember reading Siddhartha and um, there's quite a lot of ideas, you know, so there's, there's sort of echoes of each other in here. There's It's quite a fascinating, more of a, a holistic, values-based approach to leadership rather than the sort of process things. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, you know, you talk about entering the path, which is very much of that, that sort of genre, that that tradition. Is, was that conscious or were you building on what you had already decided was was something that was practical or useful?
1: It's um, it's a mix. So um, there's definitely the sense that you just described entering the path is kind of the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell. Um, but I didn't follow the full hero's journey process. There's also uh, echoes of um the five stages of grief um, because there's there's a the the process throughout the book and this five step process is, a process of letting go. Mm. Um learning to lead by letting go, right? not holding on so rigidly. Um, so that goes to resilience directly. I know I know you're very big on resilience. It I, I don't come at resilience from um um how to put it a personal individual angle. It's really a a, a leadership angle on resilience. Yeah. So there are entering the path of deciding, yeah, I wanna change. I wanna <laughs> do something different. And we don't always make that decision. It takes a while to make that decision. Yeah. Seeing into the beautiful abyss of the mind is um, a different way of looking at limiting beliefs um, that looks at limiting beliefs as something powerful and to be admired in the way the brain works because mm. they're, 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 they're shortcuts. Mm. But every once in a while, one of these shortcuts messes us up. So that's that chapter. And then there are three chapters of letting Wait, go. Let, let, let's,
0: let's come back to that if we would the next three chapters, we you would. I'm quite intrigued by that title, The Abyss of the Mind, yet you describe it as actually being quite full. Is, is that is this a book that's full of those sorts of contradictions, you know, the idea of emptiness and fullness at the same sort of time? Is 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 that what's at the heart of this?
1: There's a there is a lot of that, um, but not coming at it from a, um, what do you call it, like, like, like very old wisdom mm. things. It's more coming at it from the power of and versus or. Oh, I see. Um, and you, you'll, 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 I mean, I'm sure you're aware a lot of times leaders get stuck. They'll look at, I need to innovate but i also need to meet my quarterly results yeah exactly how do i do that yeah so then the, the 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 paradox is going into an and situation how do i innovate and meet quarterly results yeah exactly those are the kinds of things that i look at in terms of the the limiting beliefs yes um, and, that, and that's that
0: it that is one of those simple words and and all which is incredibly complicated to, to do it and i see your point now about this sort of need for self wisdom and such like uh, and now I understand the concept of letting go. So, sort of delve in a bit far from detaching the illusion of self, because that that sounds great. I mean, it's 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 great because you're in the in the sort of novel area. It's it's actually quite yeah. philosophical as well as, uh, yeah. as, as as I can see the eastern the eastern philosophy is definitely driving all the way through this, isn't it? There,
1: there is definitely eastern philosophy behind it. Um, mindfulness, yeah. But I hardly, I don't even talk about mindfulness in the book. It's not good. So detaching from the illusion of self is um, very practically speaking, it's it's loosening the grip on all the labels that we create around ourselves. And these are individual labels, me as a leader, me as a man, uh, uh, my company, the team label. So we have... We're surrounded by these labels, we bathe in these labels and we get hooked by them. And you see a lot of the a lot of the suffering in the corporate world is letting go of those, is holding on too long to a label that's past its prime time. Yeah. Um, individuals do it and have trouble moving to the next level because they're still thinking of themselves in, in, in some old label. And then we do it as organizations um i'm a mobile phone company i'm not an it company a company i'm working for right now are they an energy company or are they something else um so it it, it's learning to loosen those labels so we don't we're not as hooked to them that way we can flow easy and then it goes back to resilience again because then you bend and sway and you don't simply break when your label is 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 no longer valuable
0: yes I love that Mm -hmm. I think that's a brilliant uh you're right psychologically we we define ourselves all the time I mean one of the things that drives me nuts is psychometric profiles when people tell me I'm a red or I'm an INP 3 or something it's like well you're not (laughs) you're not that thing you you just happen to have been identified as something bearing those characteristics from stuff you've written about yourself you know so it's yeah exactly but humans have a need to categorize and label don't they so it's so, and, it, and I suppose one of the labels that the book creates is a lack of label, which is a label in itself in a strange sort of way.
1: It, it, it's, um, the angle is not to get rid of the labels. It's to loosen them up. Right. So that I can have labels, but I'm not as attached to them. Yeah. So for example, I, those psychometrics, I use them all the time. My clients use them all the time. Oh, they love them. And they can be useful. Yeah. But if you identify I'm a red and I will never, ever be anything but a red... Then you can't grow and and adapt <laughs> and and in reality, people go through those colors, so the, yeah. the psychometrics, and the, they'll change over time. Um, and if they can be aware of the changing, they can make conscious choices that'll impact that changing. Yeah. That's so that's true. that's where I get it. It's not get. Let's get rid of it. It's uh, let's loosen them up. Let's not let ourselves be be. Um, how to put it fossilized, yes. calcified yes. on that label. Interesting.
0: Um, so then, then this makes a lot of sense now. Relinquishing the lust from control is one of your five principles or uh, um, frameworks. This so is This, such is such is gross. this makes sense.
1: That one is such a common one that yeah. uh, my value comes from having control, having the answers. My value is in solving problems. And if I If my people start solving problems, then my value goes down. I'm 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 oversimplifying it, but it's everywhere. So absolutely, it's 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 learning to have a lesser grip on that. The third and what you
0: and what seems to be interesting here. Sorry to interrupt. You've got me very interested. So the, the 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 point here is that it 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 goes against organizational hierarchy, organizational culture in the traditional sense so what yeah. you're doing here is in a sense throwing that out of the out of the um out of the window and saying actually we need a whole new culture to make this work because again humans often have that need for control or to control so it's quite <laughs> hard to get rid of that one i think
1: you cannot get rid of it completely and there's a lot of value in the control hmm. again it's um finding that I have more value than simply the control that I bring to the situation. Um, that's what trips people up because they'll go, people will will focus so much on that part of what they do well that they come to a certain level and they can't break through to, to the next level. Yeah. Um, so it, it, again, it's very similar to letting go of labels. It's not that I simply relinquish completely control. It's simply that I don't hold on to it in such a rigid way that things break when I loosen the control, yeah. well control. The, just...
0: the, the phrase you use is relinquishing the lust for control. And I think that's even exactly. more powerful. It's the, it's that the, the lust is the problem, isn't it? Not, not the control or the relinquishing, I, I suppose.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you caught that. Yeah. That's okay. I've read it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And and last but by no means least, enjoying the 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 joy of a lifelong beginner. And I I I think this is fascinating because I think too, the old idea of the fish rotting from the head as a CEO. I think you know that book was yeah. great, a great book, terrible book to read, but a great title. And I think this yeah. is the problem, isn't it? We we do that thing where we let's top of the sigmoid curve, isn't it? We we get somewhere, then and then our focus is on not losing it rather than you know getting somewhere else.
1: Yeah, it's it's so human, and yeah, and and no matter how hard we try not to do it, we'll we will do it. Um, and again, it's the same the same spirit as the rest of it. It's not that I will never ever do that again. It's something that I am not as attached to the authority and expertise that I built up over the last forty years. Yeah. Um, I I start to see that my worth and my value as a human being in this role is bigger than simply the authority and expertise that i built up.
0: Yes. Um, and, it sounds and, like you're, and, you're almost taking people back to a slightly more, na- not. I, I wanted to say naive, and I mean naive in the, in, the, in the inquiring sense of the word, not in the sort of pejorative sense of the word, but it's almost like you're taking back people back to a childlike state, you know, that state of wonder and...
1: Oh, imagining
0: yeah. and be, you know, the point of beginning is, it's its quite interesting, isn't it? That The fact that we're all in this together, learning from scratch every single day sort of idea. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, just now with, uh, you've been following all the AI stuff, chat GPT. Mm. Yeah. Um, I use it all the time now and helping me write and think through stuff. And you start looking at this and you can you can see the change. We're in a completely new world. <laughs> yeah. the linear solutions, the linear models that we had to solve problems, they work in things like building a new airplane and stuff like that. But engineering a new social environment that our corporation fits into and that interacts with all these stakeholders is not a linear it's not a linear problem. it's a it's a much bigger, complex problem to deal with um so then going back to a childhood sense of wonder and openness to um, a very wide canvas of solutions um i don't know how we can run a company anymore without going to that mindset
0: yes
1: it's while not losing the control we need that as well yes
0: Yes, I just, I t- the, well, it's the and word, isn't it? That's what's so compelling here, because it's, exactly. it's, uh, it's that and the other thing. And I think people do see it as an all thing. I think that's, that's I'd, you know, the thing is, it's, it's an old NLP concept, isn't it? And versus all, it's, and and versus but, you know, that sort of idea. And um, I think that's that's really powerful. I haven't, haven't heard anyone talk about this for a while, so it's really quite refreshing seeing this. So, well, yeah. so Anise, how do, how do people get closer to you? How do they find out more about your work? And where might they want to buy this book? Because I have to say the sales are ticked up by one because I've just bought it. So
1: <laughs> thank so you. That's definitely thank one. You for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my website is anise.com, aneac a-c-e.com. Um, the book, there's a link there, it's on Amazon. Uh it my work, yeah. So I describe my work there. Most of my work is through partners, uh, um, Large organizations working with their clients. Um, so yeah, yeah, but get a good feel for my work there at anise.com. There's a lot of I keep I put a lot of my ideas in the blog area, reflections, the lyrical leadership leadership that you brought up. Um, so I I I try to share some of my fresher writing in that area.
0: And is it all your writing now, or is it all chat GPT? I mean, now we've caught now you've confessed
1: i look at chat gpt as kind of like a thesaurus on steroids okay um, in the work that i do yeah i know that people are using it for all kinds of different things so um in the work that i if you if you try to use chat gpt by itself you come up with something pretty bland yeah but if you start mixing together concepts and then you using ChatGPT to get a new idea and then you you, you you add that in in a different way and you shake it all up yeah. um, you end up with something that some very interesting ideas um but on its own it won't just produce that for you it's yeah. uh um, it's an interesting process to kind of um probe the the depths of everything that humanity has written because that's kind of what you're touching there yes um Yes,
0: it it is an absolutely fascinating blog, and um, um, and you have a, a beautiful way that you use words. I mean, it's really thoughtful. The, actually, the words you use—I don't know if you've got this in your background—they're very musical. You're obviously extraordinarily auditory, but um, it's—I'm oh, just sorry you. as we're chatting. I'm just looking at the blog, and even some of the titles are quite compelling. So, um, oh, absolutely you. fascinating. So, um, remind us of the name of the book, where we can find it. I know we can find it on Amazon because I just found it, as you know. So, uh, the book's called. The eagle that the drank hummingbird nectar that's it and the site is called anise.com a-n-e-a-c-e.com uh i really do encourage you to go and have a look it's it's, it's possibly one of the most, most thoughtful um um sites i've seen in a long time on the subject uh, and i'm going to have a, a good old deep delve in it later today so thank you for spending time with us today anise it's been an thank absolute you. pleasure it really has
1: wonderful meeting you russell
0: And you. Well, um, all I say, have a great time in uh, Singapore today if you're staying there. And um, I shall be thinking a lot about the wonderful weather and the humidity and the fantastic helps. Fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) You take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing if you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact as i said earlier you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcasts for show notes or follow the links and you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers tools and resources including free articles and ebooks for those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.